He left his marketing career in 2003 because he saw the future. Podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, again for another episode of Not Your Average Horror Show. This week, we get the pleasure of discussing Maximum Overdrive. Why? I have no clue. I had so many different options out there. You know, I've seen I've seen this before back when I was, I don't know, early 90s sometime. I've been wanting to see it for a long time. And then when I finally did, I was kind of just like, I don't know how to take it or leave it. And that was just, I don't know. I figured I would watch it. And then when I did, it was just like one of the dumbest things I ever saw. <laughs> uh, this was Stephen King's directorial debut. And he's never done a movie ever since then. <laughs> There's been no calls for Stephen King to do another movie ever. Anybody who's seen it probably knows. I can't imagine this is a movie that anybody enjoys watching. Oddly enough, though, I will say it just seems like one of those brainless summertime movies now that, you know, we are kind of in the summertime. That if you just want to kind of like unwind, it's like a very, it's something you definitely do not have to use your brain for. Going through the other stuff I could have like talked about today and I'm uh, just, I don't know, I couldn't figure out what I was in the mood for it. And then, I wanted to discuss something really bad. <laughs> apparently. Well, sometimes I think I'm at my best when I'm talking about frustrating things. One of my one of my old managers said that to me. Like I was describing the situation I was having with having with my desktop computer, like in the early 2000s. And I wrote this whole story about how much I hated the computer and how much I can't wait until I get a new one. And she writes me back, she's like, You've got a good sense of humor, Ben. It's too bad that it's born out of frustration all the time. <laughs> and that's when I realized, oh, wow, I think she's right. Yeah, so it, it is kind of like, and, you know, I figured too, it's just like, I know it's not a good movie, but I thought maybe I was too hard on it back in the day. And sure enough, like when I put it on last night, I was just, you know, not impressed. Um, oh, yeah, so I wanted to mention, like, you know, sometimes I give a little background on how I even found out about the movie or, like, ended up seeing it. When I first, like one of my first like impressions of this movie, I was in a grocery store and I forget where we were. I think actually we were on vacation on a family vacation in uh, New Hampshire or it could have been Maine, maybe. I always wanted to go south in the wintertime, but we always had to settle for New England. <laughs> um, so uh, we were in there and I guess, you know, we'd rented this there's like this beach area of New Hampshire and we rented a place there and we almost had run out of supplies or something and had to go to the grocery store. Once we did that, as I always do, if there was a video section, I'd always dart straight over there, whether I was going to rent something or not. Mm-hmm. To look at the horror movies, just, I've mentioned that on other shows before, I just like looking at them, even if I was going to see them. So as I'm standing there in the horror section, these two young kids walk up and they had, this must have been like 87 or so. The movie came out in 86. And I'm pretty sure this was 87, like would have made sense because it took a long time sometimes for these movies to get released onto video. Yeah. So it might have been like it's its first week on video or something. And I'm standing there, these two kids, once like they both have mullets and they have like that flashy 80s. It's I don't know why I remember this so much. One kid's like walking, he's got like these two $2 bills in his hand. Assuming, you know, his mom probably gave him that money to rent a movie with. So they walk up. And instantly he sees like this movie on the shelf, Maximum Overdrive. He's like, oh, Maximum Overdrive, it's in. And he like enthusiastically jumps up and down. The $2, he licks the money. And then he grabs the movie and they run off to, to check it out. I'm like, that is the most 
insane thing I've ever seen. It's like I understood the excitement of especially a horror movie, seeing that because yeah. me never being able to see them. So I could imagine like their excitement, but like lick money, you know, because I've got <laughs> no me with the whole germ thing. I don't lick much of anything, honestly. <laughs> Take that as you will. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, later on, so I was looking. I was looking for this movie. I was trying to find it somewhere. I mean, the last thing I wanted to do was pay for this myself, just because I've already seen it. For one thing, it's because it's such garbage. Like, who would even think? I didn't want to like pay Amazon four dollars just to rent it. And I don't even know. It's it's so weird that I would even want to like. I don't know what compelled me. To like actually pay to see this movie when it's garbage. I must have really just wanted to see it last night. Um, but anyway, I managed to find it on Amazon somehow. Like it wasn't, I think it's, I have it as a beta tape. But I'm not going to like drag a beta machine out of the closet and hook that up. That'd be ridiculous. But I managed to find it on Amazon, you know, had to pay $4. And it's, it happened to be in high def. Oh man, well, did you lick the Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's how excited I licked the Amazon remote. <laughs> but it did look pretty good, I must say, as as good, you know, when they say polishing a turd, uh, that's pretty much what they did. But at a point, there's certain things though, it is, it becomes kind of fun a little bit, you know, it's the, the premise of this is that they tell you right off the bat, a comet's passing by the earth. And the earth is like in the midst of the comet's tail. And it's just kind of like stuck there for a few days. While that's happening, every machine apparently on earth is going haywire. So, you know, it gets to a point, most of the movie um, focuses on these 18 wheelers that are just like circling around this, this truck stop the whole time. And that's all they do all movie long. They barely do anything else. Now in the first part of the movie, they show various other machines that are going crazy. It could be anything from you know, a toy truck to a vending machine or a softball um, ball launching machine that just started shooting stuff. Oh, no, no, no. That was a vending machine shooting sodas at a group of young boys and either killing them or knocking them out. I'm not sure which. There's um, scenes, though, where the trucks are just roaming around and it looks kind of cool. It is it, it is a little bit creepy. You know, I will give it that when you see the trucks driving themselves around and they're kind of going in a circle, and they're just looking menacing. But that's the only bright spot of the movie, seeing them drive themselves around. And there's one scene where there's this like really obnoxious, newly married couple, which they're just randomly out driving, and then they end up being part of this truck stop group. It's, there's people that are kind of just barricaded inside of there, trying to stay out of the truck's path, and it works for a while, so they come across this, and they can tell there's people inside there. So they decide to join them also. And there's a part where they're just driving along the highway, and they outmaneuver some kind of dump truck, and the truck just flies off the road into the ditch. It's kind of cool. But other than that, like the acting is terrible, the directing is bad. And um, in the early part of the movie, it actually shows Stephen King doing a cameo. Like right in the first, he's the first person you really see. He's at an ATM. And he's trying to take money out of it. And on the screen of the ATM, it just says, you're an asshole. <laughs> and, and it says it over and over again. Like, it, it just prints it out on the screen. And he's like, oh, honey, guess what? This machine that's telling me I'm an asshole. And he's doing, like, a really stupid southern accent. And one thing, too, is, like, this movie is set in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is it's a pretty nice town. It's not, like, some backwoods town. This is a pretty... 
I don't want to say like elite town or anything, but I think, you know, people of above average means live there. They've got like a nice marina and stuff. And they have like every character is doing like the worst Southern accent you've ever, ever heard. They could have gotten more Southern people. <laughs> well, when you have decent actors, like you don't really need that, but it wouldn't have hurt though to bring some of that in for this movie. <laughs> some authenticity. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing though. Like, in this part of North Carolina, I, I don't think there really is much of a southern accent. Maybe a little bit, but they're talking like you know down in, in like Louisiana. The, yeah Louisiana or Florida Panhandle or just like backwoods Mississippi. They have them talking. It's like no, they would not be sounding like that. Yeah, that just kind of sets the tone for this movie. Like when you first see him and just like him doing a stupid accent himself. And from that point on, it just that's pretty much what you're getting. I think it moves on to another scene where there's a one of those um, bridges, you know, that's split in half, and then I don't know, what drawbridge. drawbridge, yes, to allow like for a ship with a very tall mast to right. pass through a, a mast underneath it. Um, you see one of those just randomly start to open up with vehicles on it, obviously, and then it's just like a pile of cars on either side. You see a couple of cars fall off in slow motion, but it's not very well done. It looks it's like toys. Horrifying. No, it looks like toys being dropped off. Same thing with like a couple people that fell off too. It's slow motion and you hear the scream, but it's not like a very panicked sounding scream. <laughs> and what's even more bizarre is like, you know, as people are like in this, this heap of cars and stuff is just smashing down. Like the one thing that they seem to be going back to are these watermelons in the back of a vehicle that was like falling into people's cars and this lady screaming in horror that a watermelon is going to be like hitting her her vehicle and just splattering that's all it does oh i mean i would be kind of scared of myself of a watermelon <laughs> yeah i'd be happy. thinking other vehicles landing on me or just <laughs> other people but no produce <laughs> uh yeah so that was pretty silly there's various scenes of just mayhem in the beginning but you know, this with a lot of other movies of its type, you don't ever know whether this is the kind of thing that's going on around the whole world or if it's just in that town. You assume that it's like going on everywhere because you hear a news broadcast, you know, of, of confusion and just like things are in chaos and that kind of thing. But even like, you know, there's other movies, like even with the zombie movies we were just doing, you know, in the previous weeks, um, you get a sense of what's going on in that one area and you assume it's going on all over the world, but you don't get a real sense or scope of things because they never like really show you the rest of the world. It's like, give us a glimpse of San Francisco or Baton Rouge or uh, Phoenix. What's going on there? Uh, yeah, so that's that's this movie in a nutshell in the small, well, the town of uh, Wilmington. I guess as it builds up to its... The setting it's establishing at that truck stop you see people like you know randomly getting massacred by vehicles like the run over trucks so i mentioned briefly there's kids getting struck by soda cans and there was like a little leak game going on and the coach i guess it was the coach goes up close to this vending machine that's that you can clearly see that it's not right he goes up there and he gets whacked in the head with um a soda can and falls down presumably dead and it does a close-up of his head, and it just looks like there's a tomato sitting on his head. <laughs> it's such bad special effects. And other kids are just dropping like flies. It was very like um, a very like take no prisoners 
type of movie. Right, yeah. Like everybody was fair game. All these kids, like even kids are getting run over by steamrollers. Um, one kid survives, I forget his name, and he just rides his bike out of there. And then so a big part of the movie too was just like him riding his bike along these random streets as a way to like to showcase like everything else that's going on around the town. Like there's these the people in the houses, like maybe hanging out of windows with um, uh, a hairdryer, which is like the cords wrapped around her neck or somebody else might've gotten killed by a lawnmower. And you see a lawnmower chasing him too at one point. The machines that some are, some are activating and some aren't. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to like really know when to expect one's gonna do it, what the rhyme or reason is. There's like, there, you know, machines are surrounding everybody throughout the whole movie, but for whatever reason, like only certain ones are going to attack you. Yeah. And it's never like really written out as to how that's going to happen. Um, yeah. So meanwhile, to give a little background on that, on that truck stop, there's, there's a guy. So Emilio Estevez, does that name ring a bell? I mean, it does, but for what? I don't <laughs> A whole different time before <laughs> you, I guess. Well, you know who Charlie Sheen is, right? Uh-huh. So he's Charlie Sheen's brother. Okay. Estevez is the actual family name. And their dad, Martin Sheen, his name is originally Estevez also, but he changed it for Hollywood purposes, I guess. Uh-huh. And Emilio was the one that decided he would stick with the name. And I guess okay. it served him well for a certain point through the 80s. And so he, yeah, he's like in a, in a few breakout hits back in, I think Repo Man was one of his bigger ones. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what else. Or the Mighty Ducks. I think that was like one of his peaks. Yeah. Well, like for the wrong reason, because it was a, it's a kid's movie. <laughs> but he might have been like at his level of fame, and then he just kind of disappeared after that. So um, he's in the movie. The rest of the cast is pretty no name. I did recognize like this guy that's an asshole boss who's got like one of the most obnoxious. Uh, accents of all his sounds like really really backwoods and he's like really really overdoing it but again it would have nothing to do with that location <laughs> not that i'm an expert like in southern accents but i just don't think that these yeah. are the kind you would hear it just North carolina yeah doesn't strike me as <laughs> now every time i've been there i mean granted i've only been to like the more popular areas uh-huh. charlotte greensboro maybe raleigh um but yeah you don't hear a whole lot of that at myrtle beach right yeah, well, maybe it's the Appalachian. Appalachian. Oh, I don't know, maybe. But again, that's like nowhere near Wilmington. Yeah, so their boss is like an asshole. He takes advantage of his staff whenever he gets the chance to do it. And he's also, you know, he's just he's just very cold. And he laughs at people, you know, when he, he'll, he'll call someone stupid and laugh at them. And, you know, that kind of thing. Like a guy gets... A hose like randomly sprays a guy's eyes with diesel gas and so he's kind of like out of commission the boss is like what diesel gas you tell him to dry his eyes get back to work <laughs> that kind of thing so that guy that got sprayed with the diesel gas he was the the kid's father the kids that out that's out riding the bike and he's wanting to go out looking for his son and the boss is like no, you're not going anywhere. You're staying here and finishing your shift. <laughs> Meanwhile, all this chaos is going on around him. You know, the guy eventually says, the hell with it, and he leaves. He doesn't even make it out of the parking lot. One of the 18-wheelers runs him over. Oh, that's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. 
Well, and then, of course, naturally, the kid eventually gets to this truck stop, you know, which is kind of like the focal point of the movie. And when the kid gets there, he knows some of the workers there because his dad works there. And he's like, where's my dad? He's like, what, what happened to my dad? Is he, is he still alive? And the first person to pipe up and, and say anything was um, was the asshole boss. He's like, oh, no, your dad got scrapped by one of those 18-wheelers out there. <laughs> and the other worker's like, you stupid asshole. And they're like, how dare you say that to him? And the kid's like, was it true? <laughs> and the middle of the is like, uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so the kid has like a moment of, you know, sorrow there, of course. A moment. Oh, well, yeah, that's about, it's funny because like this movie doesn't really take into account, you know, how real people would react to things. Because like two minutes later, he's already to like lead the whole pack <laughs> against these trucks. It's one of those. He channels his sadness into vengeance. Apparently. And so, yeah, it's one of those deals where it's just like they, they try to make the kid look smarter than the, the adults do, <laughs> which I hate when movies do that. But um, they did that a little bit with him. And there's another female, there's a female lead in this movie, which is funny because remember Graduation Day when that started off with Ensign Ramstead mm-hmm. in that uh, that pickup truck or some kind of truck, that other guy mm-hmm. who's like trying to, you know, he's got his hands all over her. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened in this movie too. Mm-hmm. Somebody like on route past this truck stop was was doing the same kind of thing. He picked up a hitchhiker, you know, a female and that same thing happened. He's got his hands all over her legs. And she seemed to, like, serve no real purpose in this movie, except that she was the only female. I guess somebody had to be. Some, there needed to be some representation <laughs> yeah. from women in this movie. Somebody, I guess, to get Emilio Estevez's attention. Oh, of course. So there that... a vehicle for... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So when all this mayhem is going on, they manage to find a time, like, at night... Like, I guess the only bed in this truck stop, like, they hopped in together because they just hit it off so well. Um, they really had zero chemistry together, too. It really was pretty hilarious. Getting back to Stephen King again, it's funny because I remember in the early days when this was released, or maybe I just saw this on YouTube at some point, but there's this funny little promo he did about how this is his first time directing a movie. And... He says something to the effect that if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. <laughs> That's why I'm directing my own movie this time, and it's going to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> and it looks so funny. Like, I guess back in the day before the movie came out, somebody might have taken this seriously, but like after having, you know, sat through this piece of crap and seeing him try to like talk up his movie, it just looks ridiculous <laughs> and very laughable. The other funny thing, too, is like he had a beard in the promo, and then in the movie, he's got no beard at all. So I guess he shaved it for his like fine performance that he gave when an ATM called him an asshole. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad. You know, his books do a good job. I'm sure you've read several. I've read several. Mm -hmm. They do a good job of painting a picture, but unfortunately, when you bring that to the uh, big screen, apparently it's not necessarily a transitional talent writing a book. (laughs) Well, at least by his hands. <laughs> yeah. Because wasn't there, wasn't, didn't he do Christine? John Carpenter directed that. Oh, so well, he, no, like, wasn't he, wasn't the book, like. Oh, did he write the book? Right, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what was, what was your point? Well, his movies being translated. And also the added fact that Christine is kind of a similar thing to what's happening in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what I was trying to say was that um, it, just because somebody can write a good book doesn't mean they can direct a movie. Mm. So his books, yeah, have translated very well to the screen in some cases. Uh, the Shining yeah. was a great example. Well, yeah. Um, that would be the most obvious. <laughs> although, even back when that first came out, like it kind of got ripped apart by critics. Yeah. And Stephen King himself hated it. Huh. He said it was a terrible adaption of his book. Um, Did that inspire him? Well, <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. I, I've never even thought of that because that promo that he did like if you want something done right you gotta do it himself maybe he, that was a reference to the shining <laughs> stand aside kubrick all <laughs> <laughs> right yeah stephen kubrick but in later years though i think he kind of softened his stance on that though and he did give the shining its due credit i guess because like other reputable critics out there were saying that's no, actually pretty good it's not like the best but it's pretty effective yeah I mean, it's very different than the book, though. If you have you read the book, The Shining? Okay, yeah, there are a lot. There's a lot in the book that gets left out of the movie, and so the movie makes it difficult at sometimes to understand what's going on. Well, that's why it's not an easy thing to adapt a film from a book. It's not always done well. You know, sometimes it is. But um, yeah, so him doing this, and so apparently it was revealed in recent years. He came out and said that he was coked up the whole time he made this movie and he didn't know what he was doing so those were his own words but like i was saying before we started this like if i would have thought that if he was coked up this movie would have come off better than it had at least it would have had more of a kinetic energy you could say i don't know there was i guess some differences in creativity between him and the the producer i forget who that was i think i was reading about this it might have been like dino de Laurentiis. I think he was getting some a little bit of criticism even when he was making it by the production crew. <laughs> they were saying, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> some of this is not is not making sense. Oh, although not all of it was like all that um worthwhile to even bring up. Like they were complaining I think De Laurentis was complaining about the fact that the female lead was wearing jeans. <laughs> and he's like, Why do you have her wearing jeans for? She should be wearing something more revealing. So they had her change her clothes. They wrote in the scene where she's changing her clothes. I guess just so she should get into something more revealing. <laughs> Which was not all that revealing either, I must say. Yeah. Were you disappointed? <laughs> uh, well, yes. <laughs> if you're going to make her do that, make it worthwhile. I guess all things considered, this was just kind of like a perfect storm of nonsense. Um you know going back to the truck stop again it's just i don't understand like why the trucks couldn't have just demolished the place in the first place like why do they spend all that time circling it eventually they do but it's like they summon in a bulldozer to do it <laughs> a truck itself could have run through that thing no problem but they have a bulldozer come in and also out of the blue an army truck with a machine gun post arrives oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so a little bit of everything, and then once those things arrive, the trucks send this message through SOS, and of course it's the kid that figures it out because the adults are all too stupid, so the kid has to. And he determines that the trucks are wanting um, the workers to fill them up with gas because if they run out of gas, then they're not going to be able to like run around anymore. 
So one guy's like, well, fuck that. Why don't we just let them run out of gas and then they won't be a problem? And then Emilio Estevez is like, well, maybe we should fill them up and that'll make them happy and they'll leave us alone kind of thing. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, it was the dumbest idea. <laughs> what I'm thinking is that grab a garden hose from somewhere and just shoot that into the tank. The trucks don't know the difference like, and then screw up their engines that way. Then they won't be able to move. <laughs> maybe if they can communicate though with each other once one trick once i guess once one truck got destroyed by that maybe you could communicate with the other ones and tell them something's going on there um and the other thing that's funny too is like why couldn't the gas pumps just fill up the trucks for them if all these machines were coming to life like why couldn't the hose just lift up and go right into the tank right so they demanded that one of the workers or any of them fill them up which they do and then all you see is this like just long line of trucks like down the interstate <laughs> lining up to get filled up at the station. It was all very stupid. <laughs> and so they keep circling around, like the same group of trucks keeps circling around the the, the the truck stop. That's all they do all movie long. And then every once in a while they'll take a break and they'll like chase somebody down and you'll see that person get run over. And then finally, like once they're at the pump all day, and then they run out of gas. Again. Um, well, the gas station runs out of gas. Oh. So he's like, he's just talking to the trucks, and it's like one of the dumbest scenes I've ever seen. <laughs> he's just like, well, I'm sorry, guys. It's like, that's all the gas we've got left. And then, um, you know, the one truck kind of like, I want to say it points to this, but it just kind of like drives over to where the reserve hoses are. So if the, tr the gas station wasn't exactly out of gas. There was more tanks, I guess, below that that hoses could have hooked up to, like these big giant ones to actually like link up to the uh, the gas tanks, the gas station. And so by doing that, then they'll be able to fill the gas. So the trucks knew this somehow. And he's like, oh, give me a break because they're all tired from pumping gas all day. <laughs> but they do it because otherwise like that machine gun thing's going to blow them up. It already like took out half of the crew at the station. Like it just like, started shooting everything and some people that's when the um the asshole boss got shot so i think they used that as a chance to get rid of some of the characters that were more obnoxious and then you know as it's getting towards the end of the movie you know it just kind of like left the ones that were good and they'd be the heroes um how did they get out of that i just watched this actually i just watched the end of it today like i'd watched up <laughs> until like an hour last night and then at noon like i took a break from work and just finished it up Actually, what they did was they knew the trucks were planning something, I guess, to the, you know, because they weren't quite satisfied with the amount of gas they got. So they found this underground escape route underneath the uh, gas station that would lead them out into the bushes. The trucks did? Uh, they got the people inside oh. the place. <laughs> that works. <laughs> um, so that worked out pretty well for them they 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 found their way out of there away from the station and right as they did the um the bulldozer bulldozes through the station and then it's followed by another truck carrying liquid nitrogen or something like that but of course it's so dumb like once it does that it, it wrecks itself and the whole thing blows up including all the trucks all the gas too. yeah well <laughs> but that helped them because all the trucks that were around it got blown up also so all the enemies were gone Except for this one truck, with it. it was a toy truck with a stupid big face on the outside of it. It followed them to where they were escaping to, down by this marina. And uh, it's 
it it so they're they're all ready to escape, I guess, by boat to somewhere. I'm not sure it's really clear where they're going. Maybe they maybe the comet was passing and so it was losing its grip. <laughs> the boats no, were well fine. Yeah, somehow the boats were fine, because that truck was still alive. The one with the stupid face that wanted to chase them down. It did get one of the guys, but he was kind of a jerk too, because yeah. right before he got in the boat, he saw this dead body of a woman with um, like a diamond ring on her hand uh-huh. and he stops to take that ring off and he's just standing there admiring it and the truck runs him over and Emilio Estevez is like oh yeah you son of a bitch and he takes a rocket launcher out of the boat and just shoots the truck with it and that's the end of the movie <laughs> it's like the most anticlimactic thing yeah but I will admit there were some fun parts of it I mean like watching the machines like watching the trucks drive around like at times it's fun but you know I mean walking down a street and <laughs> Watching construction workers build a place, that's also fun. You don't need a movie to... <laughs> that's pretty bad. Um, yeah, something happened. Oh, yeah. So the very last frame of the movie, they give you a little synopsis of what happened. Because, like, they were in the clear at that point. Um, it says... So after you see them all in the boat, and they're all celebrating that all the trucks are, are dead... It says, two days after a large UFO was destroyed in space by a Russian weather satellite, which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and class 5 nuclear missiles, approximately six days later, the Earth passed beyond the tail of Rhea-M, the comet, exactly as predicted. And so that was it. So but, does that have to do with anything? Well, that's what I was trying to figure out, too. And that's why I actually took a picture of that. Like, what did the UFO do? I thought it was just, like, the whole comet yeah. handling this all. Right. Or just something in the comet that affected the electronics of the vehicles. And I think it would have been more interesting had they included more of the UFO. Uh, yeah, there was nothing. I'm like, oh, that's news to me. <laughs> it's, like, the, the last second of the movie, and they show that. So, yeah, Maximum Overdrive, not the best... There's a lot of Stephen King movies out there. Just don't watch one that he's directed, which is <laughs> pretty easy. Are. This is the only one. Yeah. You want answers, Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. The first Stephen King book I ever read was Cujo. And it's kind of funny. Like, you'd wonder how a story just about, like, a rabid dog, like, holding captive two people inside a, a Pinto could be what? interesting. But that was one of the scary. I mean, it was the first book I'd ever, and I was pretty young when I read it. So it, it was pretty effective. I mean, I don't know. It is kind of scary to think about being in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever read that book or watch the movie? I didn't, but I know what it's about. Yeah. The movie's pretty stupid. Um, but yeah, the car. Yeah. The whole thing that the, the picture he paints, like, you know, because it's a hot summer day and this is mm-hmm. going all day long. And he sees somebody come by, I think, trying to help them you know people like randomly go by the house mm-hmm. but they don't know what's going on or if somebody does try to help out i think the mailman did and the dog attacked him and killed him but yeah it's just like they talk about how you know this lady and her son they're just like held captive there and the sun's shining in they got no water it just says wow it was really like a difficult thing to read i can't even remember the last book of his that i read but i've read a few five maybe all right well that wraps up this episode. A fun summer movie if you can get past like how stupid it is. <laughs> I would not like sit and watch this just with nothing else to do though. If you're like folding laundry or something, maybe put this on. Or anything. Except for actually watching it. <laughs> so if you want to see how bad it is, 
Yep, and laugh. It's good for that. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.